Blog Talk Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Will coming back at with his wills. This is Will's take on sports. I'm so glad to be back. I had to take a little break. I had to do a lot of overtime at my um my real job that pays real bills. So I wasn't able to get a chance to give my opinions about sports and do my sports podcast, but I'm back. I'm so happy to be back. And so I'm going to get this started right out. Let's get this started right away. And let's just jump right into it. All right. We'll take on sports. I am back. It is uh, April. This is April's part. This is the week of April the 2nd through 6th podcast. I am so happy to be back. There's a lot of things going on in sports that I want to give my opinion about. I want to start off first by um, the Villanova Wildcats winning their second national title in three years. DiVincenzo. I can't think of Let me pronounce this kid's name correctly. Um, He just... DiVincenzo. Dante DiVincenzo. Got game. Kid got game. Villanova was losing it. Losing in this game at one point, um, Michigan was getting the best of them. Um, they would they jumped out to a quick lead, and then all of a sudden Villanova just just made a quick run and got back in the ball game. Um, this kid entered the game. Uh, Dante Divincenzo entered the ball game, and he ended up with the highest scoring total for a bench player in a national championship game with 31 points. This is not really surprising to me. I said at one point in the midseason, I thought that Michigan State and Villanova definitely looked like two teams that could be Final Four participants in the tournament. Um, Michigan State fell a little short. Um, they, they weren't able to get there, but another Michigan team was able to get there behind. Great play. They, 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 they were able to beat the sweetheart, the darling of the tournament, um, the little older Chicago so Michigan was able to come back. Was uh, Michigan was able to make an appearance um, in the national title? And at first, they made this game a little interesting in the beginning. But again, one of the things that I think that really made me a believer in Michigan State—I mean, excuse me—in Villanova was that the fact I just thought that the guards Bronson and um, uh, Bronson and Bridges. Um, Mikael Bridges, who was definitely a lottery pick, and Bronson was the National Player of the Year. But Bronson and Bridges just gave them that look of a team they had strong guard play and a, a, a solid team, in my opinion. That's why I thought that they would be a, a Final Four team um, early in, earlier this year when I actually sat down and watched college basketball for an entire weekend um, shortly after um, college football ended. But anyway, when um, Villanova's not a surprise to me. Um, this is This is unbelievable for Jay Wright because this guy was at one time being very much I, I would say he wasn't he wasn't looked at as a quality coach he was looking at I mean he wasn't looked he was looked he was looked upon as a quality coach who had won a title and then he wins one uh, against North Carolina in 2016 on the last buzzer on the last second shot a buzzer beater but Monday night was just a thorough whooping um the, the Wildcats were just way better than Michigan I think they were the best team in the country period again um, Dante Divin, uh, Divincenzo, Dante Divincenzo. I wouldn't, I didn't even really pay much attention to this guy, but watching this guy's athletic ability, his shooting ability, and 
He just he he looks like the real deal. He look like he looks as if he has an opportunity to play in the association next year. Definitely, Mikael Bridges um, will definitely be there. I think he's a lottery pick. Um, great tour- great tournament. I can't can't really say anything bad about it. It was interesting. Um, like again, Lola Chicago. I'm still a little salty. They put my Miami Hurricanes out in the first round. It is what it is. Um, the Canes just had a very up and down season. Um, Bruce Brown's injury hurt them, and then they just didn't get enough consistent play um, from the quality people that they needed consistent play from. So, you know, the little kid Jennings is good, but um, Lonnie Walker is good, but he just he it just was one of those things. And then again, they lost on the last second buzzer beater. Um, to Lowell Chicago in the first round. So that's the NCAA tournament. Um, everybody's getting all ready for next season. ESPN, uh, the four-letter network, does what they do whenever the college season ends, be it football or basketball. They do this way-too-early stuff, and I, I can care less. I don't really care anything about way-too-early or what's going to happen next year. When it happens, it happens. So we we will see. All right, but before I get into any other sports, let me just simply do simply the best. All right, simply the best. First, let me start off with the ladies. The ladies also had their national championship game on Sunday night. I'm not even going to try to butcher that young lady's name. I'm just going to go with the... Ogumbawale for the win. And she did that also on Sunday night against undefeated UConn, who I'm sure everyone had as... The um as gonna everyone penciled in as a champion for this year for the women's side and I mean they were dominant they were I mean they were steamrolling um all season even against other top programs but Notre Dame stood there for them toe to toe toe to toe and that young lady number twenty four I gotta go number twenty four because I'm not even gonna butcher this young lady's name but she she made a last second she made a buzz she made a last second shot against UConn. Um, from the corner, this time uh, that from the corner against UConn in the semifinal, and then she made a, a just, I guess you could just say one of those three, two, one backyard shots you do, you know, when you're shooting by yourself or at the park. Three, two. I mean, she hit the game winner, um, th- game winning three pointer from the corner also to go to get to beat Mississippi State. And man, tough loss to Mississippi State. Cause they had a chance down the stretch. The big, the big girl. She had a chance to put to to put them up to, and then she missed a, a bunny or a, a layup. And then they got the turnover. And the, the the hero from last year for Mississippi State that beat UConn also. She uh, she made a turnover at, at half court. Notre Dame um, called timeout. And then that gave the young lady. Um, 24, the opportunity to make the game winning shot. So that's that's just simply the best goes to her. Also, Dante DiVincenzo Di, Di is also going to definitely have no brainer for simply the best. Again, 31 points, the most points ever um, in a national championship game. Can't I mean I can't I got nothing bad to say about this kid and what he's been able to do. Also, one most simply the best performance. This comes off of. Um, the game I watched on on the, over the weekend on Sunday against um, the Golden State. I'm sorry, against the San Antonio Spurs with the San Antonio Spurs and the Houston Rockets. I gotta get this this award to this young man, Lamarcus Aldridge, because Lamarcus Aldridge last season looked like he was done. He like he was finished. I mean, he he looked as as interesting in playing basketball last year. 
I guess you could say someone that's going to, that's getting ready to visit a dentist and get their tooth pulled. This kid had he had no enthusiasm, and to be able to come back this year and they're doing and the way San Antonio is playing without Kawhi Leonard, and that's a whole soap opera situation. But Lamarcus Aldridge is carrying his team. They got Rudy Gator. He's back after the Achilles injury. Tony Parker's back. Um, they're getting outstanding play from this young guard Murray. Um, I mean, where does San Antonio find these guys? I'm I'm lost. They just keep coming up with players. I mean, Kyle Anderson. I mean, where do these guys come? Well, how San Antonio's got to have the best scouting department uh, in the NBA. They may be they may rival the the New England Patriots that's coming up with how to keep how to stay keep your your franchise consistently at top level. I mean, in in, in San Antonio's case, their their franchise player retired. Tim Tim Duncan's gone. He's not even there anymore, and they're still uh, relevant um, in the title chase. I don't think they have enough to beat uh, Golden State or Houston, but they, they are relevant in in, in regards to uh, the NBA. So that's a simply the best performance for the best. Simply the best performance um, from this past weekend that that impressed me. So that's what it is. All right, I want to get into something else before, real quickly. I want to get into what the Miami Dolphins did in this offseason. I'm going to talk a little football right now. Um, everybody knows I'm a huge Miami Dolphins fan. I want to get into some of the things that they've done. Um, Danny Amendola is now a Miami Dolphin. I don't really understand that particular uh, deal. Um, it, it's just stupid. The Dolphins do some of the dumbest things. They obviously let go. Um, of Jarvis Landry. They they parted ways with him, and they couldn't pay Jarvis Landry because they paid Kenny Stills the season before. So they went on ahead. They decided that they would, you know, um, they decided to go with the home run player over the over the guy that moves to change or the consistent player in Jarvis Landry, which makes absolutely no sense to me because they don't have a quarterback that throws a, that throws a consistent deep ball. Wide receiver 17 will be back next season. Um, hopefully, hopefully he'll be healthy and he will make his return. And I'm back calling him wide receiver 17 because um, that's what that's what I've been calling him for the entire time the Dolphins have picked him. He was a wide receiver in college, and so that's why I call him wide receiver 17. So anyway, the Dolphins have they they've done they made that particular they they let go Jarvis Landry. Um, basically, that was the, the, the thing that was going to happen because that Ndamukong Sue is no longer a Miami Dolphin. That's been one year too late. I don't understand why it took them this long to make this decision. I, I just don't get it. The Ndamukong Sue, since he has signed with the Miami Dolphins, has absolutely done buckets. He's done nothing. He has done nothing for the Miami Dolphins, and they paid him, you know, uh, the largest defensive contract at that time um, uh, when they signed him when he was a free agent when he was a free agent in the offseason. So I, I I just can't understand why they did it. They cut Lawrence Timmons. Thank goodness um, they signed Damian and Am, uh, Amadola. Um, that should help them. Um, they also picked up a center in uh, Daniel Kilgore. That means Matt Pouncey is out of here. And they acquired Robert Quinn in a trade. And then they have the number 11 pick. So that's good for the Dolphins. Um, I mean, that's horrible for what the Dolphins are trying to do. I have not. I don't see anything on the Dolphins have done this offseason to make me change my opinion about the 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 stupid people that run the front office over there. Um, that's Matt Tannenbaum, Chris Greer. Um, Adam Gates throw him into decision making and throw in the buffoon of an owner, um, Stephen Ross. I don't like Stephen. I haven't liked Stephen Ross for a minute. I think he's the worst owner in sports. He is terrible, terrible as Charles Barkley would say. Thank you, Charles. But he is terrible. I mean, he is, he is horrible. 
the way he runs this franchise, he keeps coming. They keep trying to make these home run splashes over the previous years. At first, it started with the Mike Wallace training. Mike Wallace signing when he was a free agent, gave him a large contract, and he was a one-trick pony. Everybody in, the, everybody in football knew that, that he could only run go routes. That's all he did in Pittsburgh, and the Dolphins paid him money like he was a was he was like he was Jerry Rice or, or Michael Irvin or or, or or Chris Carter, one of these guys, one of these all-time greats who do who do more more things than just run fly patterns. So the Dolphins, again, they that was that's what they do. They make goofy decisions in the off season. Now it's Jarvis Landry, and you can basically say it's Jarvis Landry for Danny Amendola. You can basically say it's Daniel Kilgore. For um, Mike Pouncey, and Mike, Mike Pouncey hasn't been healthy. Now, it's going to be interesting what they do with Ndamukong Sue. I'm going to be really, really interested in, I mean, I'm sorry, who they get to replace Ndamukong Sue. Now, I don't understand it. I really can't figure out what the Miami Dolphins are thinking, what their thought process is. Um, now with Robert Quinn, they got Charles Harris, so they must be getting ready to let go Um uh, Cameron Waite. They must be getting ready to move on from Cameron Waite because they have enough defensive ends. They just don't have no darn defensive tackle. What good does it do if you got guys that can get off the edge to pass rush if the quarterback doesn't have nothing to do but step up in the pocket? I don't understand what the Miami Dolphins are doing. They're goofy, they're dumb, they're stupid in what they do. And I am a lifelong Dolphins fan. I have been a Dolphins fan since the day I walked on this earth, the day I came into this earth. I am always going to be a Dolphins fan, but I'm going to call stupid, stupid. I'm going to call dumb, dumb. And I'm not going to support this football team when they make dumb decisions. I'm not going to be supportive of dumb decisions. I'm going to still support the team, but I'm not going to be supportive of dumb decisions. I don't see the Dolphins being anywhere near a playoff team. They're definitely nowhere near the New England Patriots, even with their turmoil they got going on up there in Boston. The Dolphins are nowhere close. They, they were 6-10 and 10 last year. I said last offseason the Dolphins would win six games. And I'm going to say it then, again this year. The Dolphins will be lucky to win five or six games again. And it may be worse. I think it's worse. Kudos for Frank Gear for Frank Gore hiring. This is this is I mean for for signing Frank Gore. This is way late in the process. Way late. I mean Gore's at the end of his career, so you bring him home for a feel good story so you can put people in the seats. It's almost equivalent to what the Miami Heat did, but at least the Miami Heat are freaking competitive. The doggone dolphins stink. They just absolutely suck. And that's just point blank period the way I feel. And in in regards to my Miami Heat, listen, the Heat have done the Heat have just as much of a chance, like I said, at the start of this season as any team to represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals. Everybody thinks I'm nuts when I keep saying that. And I keep saying that for a reason. The Eastern Conference is wide open. It is wide open. As I'm getting ready to transition over to the NBA. All right, these are the, those, those are some of the stories that's been going on in the NBA right there. James Harden, of course, should be the NBA MVP. I don't have a problem with that. He, um, the Houston Rockets have been stellar in the regular season. The postseason is a different story. I get into, I'll get into that in a minute. Um, LeBron James and his claims that he should be the uh, MVP, the form number six, as I called him. Look, that's, that is what it is. He ain't got nobody else on that roster, and that team is within an earshot distance or within a uh, close distance of being the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. I don't have a problem with what he said. That is what it is. So what? I don't care nothing about awards. So what? It's all about the, it's all about the, the, the finals. It's all about holding that gold ball at the end. Now, Hassan Whiteside. 
Son, white side of the Miami Heat. Listen, son, you are a rebounder and a defender. You are not the go-to guy down the stretch. You're not. Yes, Dwayne Wade is 36 years old. Yes, Eric Spolster went to Dwayne Wade. He should go to Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade has a proven history. And Dwayne Wade can still get it done in spurts. He just can't carry them over a 30, 35, 36-minute ball game. He can't do it anymore, but he can do it in spurts. You don't go to Hassan Whiteside at the end of a ball game because he will not be able to deliver because he is not an offensive player. Point blank, period, simple. I don't know why they paid him a good sum of money, which I have no problem with why they did it because, listen, everybody can't be Golden State. Everybody can't be Houston. Everybody can't have shooters spread all over the place. So what Pat Riley decided to do, even with the drafting of Bama out of bio and with Kelly Olenek, and he got uh, some white side, he said, well, shoot, I'd rather be – well, maybe I can. I may cannot trace around all these three-point shooters and then maybe beat them, maybe – Go back to the old school way and beat a team up on the inside when it counts the most in a playoff setting. The Miami Heat are one of the better teams in the half-court defense in the NBA. And when the game's going to slow down in the NBA playoffs, it's going to slow down. The Miami Heat have the, have the uh, right ingredient of a team, a makeup of a team to be able to be successful in the NBA playoffs. I know everybody keeps saying I don't lost my mind thinking that the Heat can beat uh, Cleveland. Listen, they ain't got but one player. That's the former number six. And he, and he got his eyes on Houston already. And I'll be stunned if he don't go to Houston next year. I don't need no inside information. I'm not an insider. I'm just looking at the situation. It's logical for him to go to Houston. If he wants to be part of another super team, Houston has the cap space, go to Houston. Then, he, then Houston will be a legitimate uh, foe for the Golden State Warriors. If the Golden State Warriors are healthy, they're walking away again with their third NBA title in four years. If they limp in, they still may walk away with their third NBA title in four years. If Steph Curry is out and doesn't play, they still may win their third NBA title in four years. It just may be a little bit more interesting. That's all. That's the only thing. That's how that goes. Because I, they're, they're far in a way the more talented team in the league. Point blank, period. It is nothing else to discuss about it. I know there's the haters of this super team stuff. They don't like that the Warriors, that Kevin Durant joined them. He had, It was his prerogative. He wanted to win a title. He saw he couldn't win it with Westbrook, so he decided to jump forces and join the rival of the Oklahoma City Thunder at that time and join the better ball club. I don't know why people have a problem with that. Everybody had a problem with it. But anyway, a year removed, everybody's like, oh, see, well, that, that hurt. Oh, that hurt. Ah. No, that's stupidness. Get over it, people. Get over it. it I'm, I'm going to tell you, the Houston Rockets will not beat the Golden State Warriors in a seven-game series. If Again, if the Warriors are limping and they're hurt, I get the Rockets two games. If the Warriors are healthy in the Western Conference Finals, it is 4-1. If Cleveland comes out of the East, and I don't think they will, but if that's what happens, they're losing 4-0. to zero. Four zero. They're getting swept. Lucky to get one game. Point blank. Period is not even up for discussion. Toronto swept. Boston swept. It doesn't matter if the, if if San Antonio gets back there again. Swept. They'll go. They they will make a two year. I think they will make another run of sixteen and one in the playoffs. It will be back to back years in in their. Uh, 
quest to win their um, third NBA title in four years and, and their first back-to-back. So I think that's that's just what it's going to be in regards to uh, what the NBA um, has to do, um, what the NBA playoffs should look like. We're getting ready to get that started very soon. The the NBA playoffs. Again, I like my Miami Heat's chances. I, I like the Miami Heat's chances in the playoffs. I just really do. And right now, you know, let me pull up playoff standings. Playoff standings. It's going to be very. This this is what it is right now. What Miami? What Miami is? Miami is at right now. I think they're the either the sixth best team. They're the they are the seventh seed in the NBA right now. They're the seventh seed. That's where the Miami Heat are. They're number seven. So that means a possible first round matchup with the Celtics if you know the former number six and crew don't care. And that's just that's Miami against Kyrie Irving. That's another one man team. So what? I don't care. They're no good. They're bums. But everybody and their mama would want to see a second round possible matchup between the Celtics and the Cavaliers. Really doesn't matter. But the Miami Heat are just barely they're just really a half a game out from the sixth spot. They're five games out. Looking at it, yeah, from the Pacers, they're not catching it for the fifth spot. So the, the Heat will either be the seventh or the eighth seed. I hope they're the eighth seed. Or I, I just want them in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. They, they can beat the Raptors, the Celtics, and the Cavaliers. They will make it very tough on all three of those those top teams. And I think the Heat will pull off um, what will be the third one eight. Um, if they are the eighth seed and they go against the Raptors, I think the Heat will become the third eighth seed to advance, joining the Nuggets and the Knicks. And actually, the Knicks did it against the Heat um, back in, I think that was 98. Nope, I'm wrong. That was 97. They did it. No, that was 98. They did that. Um, we we lost um, in that strike-shortened season. So that's what it, that, that's what happened back then. But anyway, so I, the NBA playoffs are getting ready to So we, we will see what happens in regards to um, where the Miami Heat will fall, the Lando Magic are, um, are just they, – they were irrelevant before the season even started. And they traded Alfred Payton – Okay, that may I, I don't understand what they're doing up there either, but so that that is what it is in regards to that. Yes, Major League Baseball season has started. That is the Major League Baseball music. The Miami, the Miami Marlins were able to, I guess you could say, split a season, split the opening um, series, uh, season series with the Chicago Cubs. Go Marlins. Woohoo! Derek Jeter looked very happy again. Not very thrilled with him uh, at all. For he did, he he's no different than um, any owner that the Miami Heat have had. It doesn't matter. Wayne Izinga, Jeffrey Loria. Whatever, that Derek Jeter came in. He saw the big salaries. Maybe the team just wasn't competitive enough for him. Yes, they did not have pitching, but they could hit the they could hit the ball with uh, Stanton, Stanton, Ozuna, and Yelich, and all those guys, and they're all gone. They're all gone. So uh, Don Manley is basically putting out a farm team or a AAA team or whatever out there right now, as and, and masking as major leaguers. Um, Jeffrey Laurier pulled probably one of the best con jobs ever um, when he convinced the city of Miami to um, give him the Orange Bowl, the, for, the old Orange Bowl site to build a stadium for the Miami Marlins. I'm, I'm glad he did it because, one, I got tired of looking at that baseball dirt when the football teams played. So I'm glad he did that. But, I mean, it's unbelievable. They Unbelievable that they, they have a stadium and they, they have not come nowhere near trying to win. 
They have nowhere. They have come nowhere near winning, and they don't. And this year, that they're not even. They're not even trying to put out a winning product. I don't even know if they're even trying to put out a competitive product, or maybe they're just trying to put out a group so you can support them. And Derek Jeter can say, "I got this vision." I think Derek Jeter is going to be the same as Michael Jordan um, is in 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 the NBA. He's going to be he's going to be a former great player who can't build a team. He's going to be a former great player who thinks because he was a great player that that's going to translate to his ability in the front office. Not going to happen. There's only two guys that were great players that their their ability uh, on the field translated to the office. I mean, into the front office. And so far, Jerry West is the most successful, and John Elway only because he delivered a Super Bowl title and he built a championship a championship quality defense uh, in Denver. Because God knows his acquiring Peyton Manning didn't do anything. Peyton did have one good year, and Peyton is there was the Super Bowl uh, was the quarterback of that Super Bowl winning team. But don't get it twisted. That defense absolutely smothered Carolina in the Super Bowl. But anyway, going back to Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter is is far and away um, no, nah, I can't make that proclamation yet. It's only five games into his tenure. But Derek Jeter, I think, in my opinion, will be the equivalent of what Michael Jordan uh, is with the Charlotte Hornets. He's a great player, horrible owner, and horrible at, at building a team. Um, Derek, I don't, I, I just don't see, I don't see anything that Derek Jeter has done um, since he's acquired, the, uh, since he's been a part of the group that acquired the Miami Marlins. That makes me say that the future is going to be bright. He cut costs. So what? They all done that. We, when the people in Miami that support the Marlins, we've seen this movie so many times, it's ridiculous. So why should we give our support to this team? Why should we give our support anywhere near shape or form to this team? We shouldn't. We, we just, I, I, I'm just not one of those people that think that we should, um, we should continue to support this team because they've shown us that they don't care. Just, okay, we're rebuilding. That's, just, that's the same bull crap that that goofball gave us. That goofball on uh, uh, um, Jeffrey Lawyer and rest in peace to the to the guy um, to Wayne Heisinger, but they win a champion, uh, they win the World Series in, in 1997, and then boom, it's done with. We're done. It's over. So hey, I, I just I don't know. I'm not a big fan, not a huge fan of 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 what the Marlins have done. Um, looks like the the baseball is going to come down to basically the Boston Red Sox, the New York Yankees, Chicago Cubs. Um, the Dodgers may have, I don't know, Dodgers may have just, um, after two strong runs, deep runs of the playoffs, I don't know. I don't think they'll be able to do anything this year. It'll probably be the Giants out west. Um, looking at the Houston Astros, the defending World Series champion, they look strong. Again, they still got they still got Altuve. They still got the core of their team back. So they should be, you know, they're healthy. They should be in line to make a strong run again. Um, looking in regards to any other teams, again, like I said, the Yankees, Boston, uh, man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for the Rays in that in their um, in that American League East. It's going to be really tough for them because. Baltimore is huge and good. Toronto is good. Uh, Toronto has has consistent pitching. They got they're a good ball club. But the Yankees and 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 the, and the Boston Red Sox, man, JD Martinez joined the Boston Red Sox. That's just that's unbelievable. It really is. I mean, the, it, it's just amazing how you know things just keep going on. And, I mean, how those how in baseball the the teams that should win win. You know, and it's. it's it, it sh- I guess you could say that should be a um, a negative, and it should be more competitive. But see, I'm like this. I like tradition, and I like to see I like to see teams like the Cubs, 
well, the Cubs haven't really been winners, but I like to see teams like the Yankees, the Red Sox, um, the te- de- te- teams deep in baseball tradition, the Bal- the Toronto Blue Jays, the, the the Baltimore Orioles, you know, teams like that, um, the, the Detroit Lions, I mean, Detroit Tigers, teams that's deep in tradition in, in, in Major League Baseball or in other sports also with the, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers, Dallas Cowboys, NBA, Boston Celtics, uh, uh, L.A. Lakers. So I like to see teams in deep tradition, you know, be at the top. Because, you know, that's what we recognize. We recognize things like that. All right, here we go. I want to touch on this in honor that the um, that we got um, the Masters tournament coming up this week. Um, Tiger Woods is back in plan. Everybody is just thrilled by that. But anyway, today's African American pioneer in sports goes to Charlie Stifford was one of the Stifford was one of the best. Um, he was an African American golfer. Um, he was one of the ones. He was one of the earlier ones who was able to actually play on the tour back in the fifties and in the sixties. I'm looking at some of his accomplishments here that he won. He was the first African-American when he, he was the first African-American to join the PGA Tour in 1961. He only won two official money events. That was the 1967 Greater, Greater Hartford Open and the 1969 Los Angeles Open. But he did finish in the top 60 in overall winnings for nine years as a PGA Tour member. I remember Tiger Woods really um, referencing Charlie Stifford when he won the Masters and early in his career. But anyway... He, in 1972, was he, he finished the 1972 U.S. Open was his best finish in a major tournament when he placed when he was in when he placed 21st. So that's a good thing. But anyway, African American pioneer in sports, Charlie Stifford. All right. In regards to the Masters, as I'm getting ready to close out of here, in regards to the Masters tournament this week, happy for Tiger Woods. Um, he is back. Everybody is thrilled about it. Tiger just moves the needle. It's point blank clear. Tiger moves the needle. Nobody else does in, in golf. Matter of fact, I think Tiger is the most transcendent, transcendent or the most. I guess he he attracts the most attention of any sports figure today. That includes whoever. Uh, I think Tiger Woods is that guy. He he is. He, he is that guy today. He is our he he is this generation's Michael Jordan. I know it's golf, but it's Tiger Woods. Uh, everybody is interested in what Tiger's going to do at the Masters. I don't think Tiger will Tiger will win the Masters, but I do think he will definitely make it to where um, it will be interesting for he will he will make it to where casual golf fans will want to watch because Tiger will be somewhere near the top. And I'm, I'm rooting for him to win it, but I just don't think he will. And something else I want to get into, Canelo Alvarez has withdrawn from his May 5th bout with Triple G. I'm not surprised by that. Um, listen, it, it's, it's, this, is, this is what it is. Alvarez got popped for banned substance. He got popped for a banned substance, and um, that pretty much put this fight for May 5th in jeopardy. We all wanted to see the rematch. We all thought that Triple G really got robbed. The dust, dust of us who are boxing people, we thought Triple G got robbed. I think Triple G did the most work. He did. He uh, dictated the fight. But, again, I, I don't think he overwhelmed Canelo Alvarez in that bout. But, again, he – he did, in my opinion, did enough to win that fight. We're also hoping that we get the two big Anthony Johnson. Um, let's see. Can we get this on? Can we get this on um, between these we, between these two um, big 
monster, big guys. I mean, these are some big heavyweights. I think they're both like 6'5", six, 6'7", six, almost 230, 240 pounds. Those are some big heavyweights. But anyway, can we get this on Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder? That is something that a lot, a lot of boxing fans will see, and that would draw casual boxing fans. And it will be the first time in a long time that the heavyweight that heavyweights in boxing um, would draw um, a, probably a huge payday. This will be a huge payday for those two young men. Also, um, you know, I'm getting ready to close out. I got to mention this. I, I hate doing it at the end, but anyway, my 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 citizens, my Manchester City, my favorite team, my favorite club team in the world, um, is getting ready to play a, um, their champion their Champions League match against Liverpool, their fellow um, British Premier League um, team. They're getting ready.